0: Hey guys, before we start the podcast, Brooke and I wanted to take just one minute to tell you about a brand new resource from Million Praying Moms.
1: It's called Everyday Prayers for All Ages and Stages, and it's available now on Amazon or at millionprayingmoms.com in our show notes. We want to make it as easy as possible
0: for you to be a praying mom. So we've created prayers for each stage of your child's life that are designed to intersect the everyday moments you experience as a
1: family. From a prayer for bath time to a prayer for before the big game or to a prayer for your adult child to love and follow Jesus, we've got you covered. Everyday Prayers for all ages and stages is available now
0: and it's going to be a treasured resource for your family in the days and years to come. Learn more at our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com.
1: If
0: you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the
1: right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends.
0: Welcome to the podcast. In this season, we're taking a look back at one of our very favorite series on the Million Praying Moms podcast, a series that unfortunately released right as the world descended into the coronavirus pandemic
1: at the beginning of 2020. Everything changed for our ministry during that time. And like many of you, we found ourselves reeling from the latest crisis in our world and just trying hard to help our families navigate everything that was happening. And because of that, we know some of you missed the important messages from the Everyday Prayer series on the podcast. So we're taking the next six weeks to re-release them with updated information and new resources to get these prayers into your homes. In this series,
0: we talk about what makes each stage of your child's life unique, challenging, and amazing, and offer prayers designed to intersect the everyday moments you experience as a family. Our goal is to make I don't know what to pray, or I don't know how to pray, or even I don't know when to pray challenges of your past. We're going to be working our way through each individual stage over the course of the next six weeks. So if today's age group doesn't suit you,
1: hold tight. We'll get there. Let's dive into week three, everyday prayers for grade and middle schoolers. So Erin, I kind of feel like this is a special episode because you still have two kids who are in this age range, right? Both of mine are now officially in high school because we start high school here in the eighth grade, but we are moving solidly into the ages and stages that represent our own kids ages in this episode.
0: Exactly. And this stage and the next one, they're our stages. And so we're going to do our very best to talk about them while respecting that our kids are dealing with the very things we're talking about. It really gets harder to use your kids as teaching examples when they're older because the stories you tell now aren't just your stories. They belong to your kids and we both respect that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to mention that this is the last episode in the series where we are just going to be sharing the two of us. Because moving forward, we haven't been through all of the remaining ages and stages. So we've invited some really great guests to join us for the next three episodes. And we're going to bring in wisdom from moms who've been there as we dive into high school, young adulthood, and even you know, the way that we're trying to parent and pray for our adult children. So I'm very excited about bringing in those those special guests to add to the conversation. But the way that these have been designed is that we've tried really hard to think about the common challenges and areas and even possible places of monotony for moms. You know, the things that you have to do over and over and over again, rinse and repeat for the next day and create prayers for those moments. We wanted to bring the holy into the mundane places of your life, but really there is some overlap among all the different ages and stages. So for example, in one of our younger age groups uh, earlier in the, the series, we offered a prayer for making dinner. And you know, like that's something that you're going to be doing for a long while, even you might even still have your, well, I hope you'll still have your, your young adults and your adult children over for dinner when they're, when they've left your home. So this is something that really goes beyond the stages. So even if you have a child or you don't have a child in a certain age group, each of these prayers that we're going to be offering you has something for everyone. So this week, we're moving into the age groups that we are in, our season of parenthood right now, and I'm excited to talk about some of the challenges of the grade and middle school years.
0: Let's just dive into the Let's first do one it. because <laughs> number one challenge is hormones. Yes. Heaven help us. Yes. Oh my goodness. And we have talked about hormones before. We have two podcasts that were just a really big hit Um, about the hormone battles for boys and for girls, because it's really, really different. And obviously, Brooke and I only have boys. We each have boys, um, but we remember being middle school girls. Yes, (laughs) which is,
1: I feel like I need to say that the the reason I wanted boys is because I remember being a middle school girl. (laughs) Oh, amen to that.
0: I really do. So if you want to hear about those specific hormone battles for boys and for girls, Those are episodes number 10 and number
1: 19 of the podcast, and we highly recommend going back to listen to those. Absolutely, and we had Hal and Melanie Young as our guests for those two specific issues. Uh, Hal and Melanie have raised six boys and two girls, and I just keep coming back to them over and over again for wisdom because I feel like you know, if you've raised that many and you've done a good job of it and they have, like, I just want to hear what you have to say. So, um, they are, they are wonderful. They are hysterical and they really dive into the specific challenges that are related to raging hormones. And, and we're not even just talking about the fact that, you know, our kids might be noticing the opposite sex for the first time. We're talking about how those hormones, you know, um, cause them difficulties in their interactions with their, their siblings or with you or make them spout off before they're even thinking or make them forget their shoes when you've reminded them 25 times before they leave school that day to take their gym shoes or whatever. Um, hormones really are kind of a big deal and it, it represents a real challenge for this age group. But I think there's a way that we can navigate that with grace and understanding what they're going through in those stages is a big help. I think for me, when I take a moment to truly try and understand what my child is going through, it creates this sense of compassion. Like I'm, I may still have to correct them. I still have to train them to do the right things. I still have to, you know, I have to help them learn to, um, you know, we, we all have, as women, like we all have hormonal days, right? We, we still have times when our hormones make us feel bad or feel snappy or different or, but I I can't live in that place. I can't allow that to take over and just be an excuse for anything. So we do have to still correct them, but understanding it gives me a sense of compassion. And I think as moms, we can always do with a little bit more compassion.
0: Yes, I've decided that um, you know I have two—one that is a teen and one that's in the tween stage. So you know, hormones are changing and all of that. Um, And when we're talking about that, we're we're talking mostly about the challenge being in their emotions and their reactions and stuff. I feel like I've decided that when one of them starts acting in a way that makes me think they are an alien, and what the heck, I just need to picture an alien named Hormone and remember oh, I'm not talking to my child. That's I'm talking
1: right. to hormone right now. Yes. That's and I so think true. I would feel a
0: lot better about yeah. that and not
1: take it quite as personally. Because it is almost like an alien comes it and is. invades their body for a little while. It, it I is not even.
0: Way. I can't even count the number of times my husband and I have said to each other, who is this kid? And yes. then the next day, they're back to themselves. Well, or so, even
1: the next hour. I mean, it could be the true. next hour, really. True. I mean, you know, we have these things happen and then... Then one child will come back an hour later and be like, oh, I, I blew it. I know I blew it. I'm sorry. You know, sometimes we just have to, sometimes we just, this, this is a tip that we've learned in our home. Sometimes we just have to back away and say, you know what? I'm going to refuse to speak to you for a little while. We're not talking to each other right now. I'm too emotional. You're out of control. We need a break from each other. And that is not easy to do. Because when you have someone that is overwhelmed by emotions or things like that, the last thing that feels natural is backing down. But as an adult, I think it's important for us to say, okay, we need some space to collect ourselves, and then we can come back and talk about this when we both calm down. And that has been a huge help in our home. It hasn't made everything perfect because we still are dealing with the hormones, but it does significantly help. Yes, and don't be shocked if they... All of a
0: sudden, seem like they need so much more extra sleep, which be which they will not ever say I need more sleep. But right. I notice like I notice a lack of sleep or um, them being hungrier, um, like those types of things. I mean, hormones affect so much, and then if they're not getting enough rest and they're hungry, that just adds to the crankiness and the irrationality and all of that stuff. So. When the alien hormone visits your house, don't be surprised. And remember, your child will return to their normal (laughs) selves at some point. But like Brooke said, you got you got to have some compassion along with the correction in knowing they're not completely in control of what's going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the second challenge that um, we want to just we're just going to mention it today, but I don't want to go a lot into it today because. We are going to be talking about this a lot more on next week's episode um, with our guest, our special guest, and that is the challenge of the influence of friends. Um, As I said, we're going to dive into this quite a bit more next week, so we're not going to spend a lot of time here. However, I did want to mention I had the opportunity several years ago as a part of our Fight Like a Boy Mom program. Um, to sit down with David Thomas, who is you guys know is one of our favorite friends of the ministry. He's a counselor who works mainly with boys, and so we've really enjoyed getting to know him over the years. And he's been a guest on various things that we've done. And you can actually hear his whole uh, my whole chat with him, my whole interview with him as a part of the Fight Like a Boy Mom program. If you want some information about that, you can find it in our show notes. But he said this: He said At the age of middle schoolers, maybe toward the end of grade school, beginning of middle school, children are more socially aware of what other people think of them than ever before. He said, it's no wonder we can't get them to to remember to turn the lights off in their room because they're thinking so much about what other people are thinking about them. And they're understanding for the first time that other people have opinions of them and they care about it in a new way. And so this um, idea of the influence of friends, like in this particular stage, our kids are pretty susceptible to being led astray. And it's important to us because they care so much about what other people think of them. It's important for us in the home to be grounding them over and over and over again with the idea that choosing their friends is so important, sharing their value with them um, as much as we can, making sure that they know how important they are to our family and, and um, what a critical role they play in the world and empowering them to stand up to bad influences. Those things are really important as we're nearing the end of this particular stage that we're talking about today.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I don't want parents to be naive in this area. I have a second grader who I'm already seeing how much he cares what other people think. And I think sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking, well, at the elementary age, they're still, you know, they're not out at a ton of activities and they're not, you know, that really happens more in middle school when they start getting influenced by friends. No, I mean, it starts early and, it really depends on the kid too, if they're a people pleaser, if they're trying to fit in and all of those things. But um, it's it starts in, in grade school. It definitely does. And some kids will start caring more about what their friends think very early on. So it's it can be a challenge, especially when they become irrational because of this person's influence or they start bringing language into your home that you are like, where did you hear that? I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's a whole... Array of things that you'll get into, and it does start in grade school, so it does, you know, just be aware of that. So, all right, our third challenge, and this is another one that you really want to think I don't need to deal with this until middle school or high school, but maneuvering technology is starting younger and younger, and so we are mentioning it in this grade school and middle school one because. Our kids are using technology more than ever. And we had an awesome, just super eye-opening podcast back in episode number 23 about the top five social media platforms that kids and teens are using and what we need to know about them. And I got to tell you, Brooke, it was like, oh, I never want my child to have social media. <laughs> but <know>. also, also <laughs> just knowing if they are there, what you can do to help them through it to monitor, to, you know, to guide them in how to use it and everything. But I see kids at my son's grade school with their phones out Mm -hmm. as they walk out of the building and that's
1: elementary. Yeah. It is really just creeping into younger and younger ages. And um, one thing, you know, I did with this particular episode with with our podcast um, number 23 on the top social media platforms is I actually made my children listen to that episode. It was important to me that they understood that this was coming from someone who 's an expert in this field and has no real reason to want to keep them you know my family from doing anything i didn 't want it to just come from me um, I wanted it to come from an expert, and so I made them listen to it and it was eye opening and not only did it, it help me to make a decision and helped me really my husband and I together to make decisions, but it helped me to understand the platform so that I no longer had, I no longer had the excuse of saying, I don't even know what that does. Like, I don't even know what TikTok is. Well, I do know what it is now and I can make an educated decision. So it kind of, for me, this particular episode kind of took some of the emotion out of the decision-making process And I was able to just function and make a decision based on the facts. And I think that was helpful for my kids as well to hear that, to know that I'm not just trying to keep them from the things that they want. There's a real reason that we've made the decisions that we're making.
0: Yeah. So we would really recommend that you as a parent would listen to episode number 23 and then decide if your child is at the age where they need to hear these things as well. You know, like that's, that's always what we go through. Mm -hmm it's do what's for right for your family because you may have a 5th grader who needs to hear these things but another family is like we're not even there yet so i'll right. listen to it and know it and then when it gets to that time maybe we'll bring them in on that so highly recommend parents listening to episode number 23 about the top 5 social media platforms and we'll talk about technology again next week as well because it continues on to high school and it ramps up even more as a challenge but it does get started this early. So we wanted to mention it here.
1: Yeah. The, the next one though, the next challenge that we think is just worth mentioning is that when you start getting kids in the grade and mid, well, really more into middle school probably, but I don't think it would exclude grade school is that everybody's crazy schedules get crazier. Mm. Um, especially if you have more than one child and you're trying to juggle, the, the various opportunities. We all want our kids to be able to have as many opportunities as they can, but there can be too much. And so we actually talk in episode number 20 of the podcast with Lisa Whittle, who we just love dearly. Another love. great friend of the ministry, love what she has to share. She just always points us back to truth and the gospel over and over and over again. And she talks to us about how some of these things that that do vie for our time Um, you know, a way that we can gauge whether or not they're good and true and worth pursuing is how is this helping our family pursue the gospel? Is it, or is it taking Mm -hmm. away from it? And we talk about that with her specifically in the form of team sports. Um, And we just really loved that conversation. Lisa has children who've been, all three of them been involved in various levels of team sports. I think possibly even two of her children have played college sports. Mm So like she really has this all the way through, has, has had to tackle some of the good and the bad of team sports and the craziness that it can bring to your family and whether or not it's even worth it. So I think you're going to love her perspective on that, but it is definitely a challenge. Things really start to ramp up when they get to this age because there's so much more for them to take part in. And you have to ask yourself, is this the right thing for our family?
0: Yeah. And, you, you know, both of our families, both Brooks' family and mine, um, music is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And when we jumped from sixth grade to seventh grade with our oldest, all of a sudden he had all these musical opportunities that he could be a part of. And he joined all of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I love because, you know, being a former music teacher and a lifelong musician, it was really exciting to see this become a part of his life and something that he decided and that he owned and, and um, it has just grown from there. And, um, but our calendar got filled up really fast and I thought, Oh my goodness, sixth grade, we didn't have a lot of options. There was just band chorus and he did cross country and you know, that was, pretty much it. And I was like, okay, that's not too bad. And all of a sudden he was in show choir and two jazz bands and cross country and training for this and doing all these things. And they're all really good things, but you have to be really smart about how you handle those schedules and um, what else you add in there. And like you said, you have more than one children, then it doubles, it triples, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things. And um, we're not saying you can't have your kids involved in things and be a good parent or have a good family life and all that. It's just, you really have to evaluate what works for your family and how to keep God at the center of all of it um, and how to make sure that you're not running yourselves ragged because it's really easy to get there fast, yeah, once, it especially is. once they hit middle school. Yeah,
1: I have the words, God, I need you to do something in my children. Ever found their way into your desperate prayers? Do you feel helpless to know how to equip your children for this world and everything it's going to throw at them? Have you ever prayed, God, I can't be the mom they need. I need you to help me. If so, you're not alone. The good news is that there is a way to stay connected with the one who has all the answers so you can be the mom you need to be. When my children were little, I was faced with the undeniable fact that my best efforts fell woefully short of my goal to produce Godly Children. I knew if God didn't show up, nothing would change in my home. So I began to pray scripture for my children, and both my life and my children's lives were transformed. Yours can be too. Over the years, I've learned that while prayer is the most important part of Christian parenting, many moms feel stifled in their prayers and so continue to feel helpless and hopeless. Do you feel like you don't know what or how to pray? Like you don't know if your prayers really matter? like you can't pray until you get your life together or maybe you just feel like you're too busy to pray. Praying mom will have you making prayer your first and best response to every aspect of family life and thriving as a mom full of hope in the God who can even if you can't. Praying mom will have you making prayer your first and best response to every aspect of family life and thriving as a mom full of hope in the God who can even if you can't. You can order it now anywhere books are sold, and when you do, you'll get access to some pretty amazing bonuses, like audio prayers. That's me praying every single prayer in the book over your family, and you'll get a bonus chapter called How to Pray God's Word. Go ahead and order your copy of Praying Mom today. Just visit brookemclaughlin.net forward slash praying dash mom to get started. Um, the final thing that we want to talk about today, final challenge, is communication, because yep. as our kids are, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know this is a hard one. Because as your kids are growing up, they're forming their own opinions, right? They're mm-hmm. they are, whether good or bad, they are being influenced by the world around them, and that and they should be to some to some extent. They should, um, you know, in this age, in this particular age, they really are. It is healthy for them to begin forming their own opinions right. and their own ways of thinking about things. It's not bad, but it may be different than yours. And, and it, it, those hormones that we talked about in the beginning, oh, may yes. make it difficult to have a civilized conversation <laughs> with this group of, <laughs> of, uh, of kids. So we actually have a couple episodes that we would recommend um, for this. And they're both kind of uh, geared toward teenagers. But I really think that listening to these episodes now before you have a teenager, will do nothing but help you in the long run because they're going to give you some points and things that you can begin implementing now that are going to make it easier for the next couple of years when they do hit those teens. The first one is episode number eleven, and that was we spoke with uh, Connie Albers, who did a great job of helping us to figure out how to build and keep relationship with our teenagers, not just. You know, like just really thinking of it as we have to be intentional about mm. keeping this relationship with them, and it was a great episode. So that was number eleven, and then we also had another one early on in the podcast, number five, w- that we did with Gina Smith, who gave us tips for promoting healthy communication with our teens, and it was also just a wonderful eye-opening podcast. So you're going to want to go listen to those um, and and really put some of those things into place right away. Yeah. I have to say that, um, a couple of the things
0: that scare parents most about communicating with their kids of this age is, Oh God, I don't know if I really want to know what they're hearing at school or what they're, what they're seeing or, or it's the other way where they want to know everything. And then we freak out (laughs) when we hear things that are, you know, not good because it's going to become more and more like that. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm going to say that having open communication with my eighth grader and having him know that I'm not going to completely freak out when he tells me about something disturbing at school or something that a friend chose, man, that has been really freeing. I thought it would be really scary. I mean, honestly, I thought, oh my gosh, do I want him to tell me when this person says this or when, you know, so-and-so did this? Uh, like I kind of was in the mode of, I don't really want to know but it's a lot less scary to have the open communication with them and be able to talk through what's going on. And, um, I also, I also just think that you're establishing that groundwork in the grade school years too. You know, what, what happens, what your communication looks like in middle school starts in the grade school years because, If your kid comes home and is like, you know, I pushed somebody on the playground and I got in trouble for that. And your first reaction is to flip out and, you know, punish them again right there and not listen to their side of the story and, you know, not talk about like, why did this happen? And, you know, how did you feel? And what would you do differently next time? If you're going to just flip the switch to mad and punishment when they're in middle school, They're not going to tell you the things that happen. And 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 that starts early. I mean, you gotta think through how does this child feel like I'm listening to them and how do I communicate best with them?
1: Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And something, um, I believe it was Terry Lynn Underwood who uh told us this in one of one of our earlier podcast episodes as well, and she would say that the way you react to the things in your children's life extends to the way you react to what they come home and tell you their friends are doing. Mm -hmm. Because if Susie Q comes home and tells you that her friend Martha May is, you know, doing this, that, and the other, and you freak out about what Martha May is doing, then it may hinder Susie Q wanting to come to you when she may be going through something difficult. So we really do have to to, to consider the way we're reacting, not just to what our kids are telling us is happening in their lives, but what's happening in their friends' lives, because we do want to keep those doors of communication open. And and I will say, guys, it's, it really isn't easy to not react. Um, oh, it's not easy at all. It's <laughs> not, but I, I have found that, that saying to my teenager or my teenager, um, you know what? I just need a second to process this. I'm not going to say anything just yet can you give me about 10 minutes to think and pray about this? And then we'll come back together and we'll talk about it. Time to think and pray is never a bad idea. No. And
0: also one of the best tools that you can have for open communication is open-ended questions to ask them because they're not going to come out and tell you everything. They're not, I do have one kid that's like that, that's like this happened today and this person got suspended and this person did this. And that's just how he is. But I have another one where I have to say, did any, anybody do anything that surprised you at school today? Or um, what was lunch like today? Um, you know, who'd, who'd you sit with? What'd you guys talk about? Because I have to draw it out of him a little bit more mm-hmm. because he's just not a natural sharer like like my my other child is. And so um, have some of those open-ended questions, not did you have a good day? Because you're going to get a lot of yes.
1: Yeah, yes. You fine. know, that type this of thing and nothing
0: else. Yes. So having some open-ended questions that are not like, what did you get on this test? Or, you know, or are not um, always looking for the bad um, mm-hmm. will help you understand a little bit better what's going on in their day rather than trying to find out who's a bad influence or right. <laughs> what, what, what bad things happen today. So think about like how, how you can communicate with that child and have those questions ready. Yep, yeah, Absolutely. All right. So Brooke and I can attest to the fact that between and teen years can be hard. I mean, they just are every season's a little bit hard. Mm-hmm. So because of that, we wanted to create everyday prayers for you that intersect those. Well, they're a lot more emotionally weary now, aren't
1: they? They <laughs> are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> uh, yeah, they absolutely are. We, we specifically wanted to offer you guys the opportunity to turn Those everyday moments, uh, ones that can sometimes feel very overwhelming and, and tedious, and where you just really don't know what to do or how to react, into a holy moment so that you begin to see God at work in the everyday moments of your day.
0: We love thinking of this as a put off and put on kind of exercise where you choose to see something as God sees it instead of how your own weary eyes might tempt
1: you to see it. So, with that in mind, we've created a list of 10. Of these everyday prayers for grade and middle schoolers and we're going to share a sample of them with you right now so the first one is um, a prayer for when you disagree and I felt like this was a great one for this season Mm -hmm. because you are based on everything we just said you're going to start to disagree with your child and that's not necessarily wrong but it's an opportunity for you to handle it with grace so our prayer for that is father Help us to be kind and tender-hearted toward each other, forgiving just as Christ forgave us. May our speech be gracious and help us to outdo one another in showing honor. Teach us to live in harmony with others, show brotherly love, and be humble. So our references there are Ephesians 4:32, Colossians 4:6, Romans 12:10 and 1 Peter 3:8. And Aaron, can you even imagine what it would be like if every time you disagree with your child, you said, pause, stop. We're going to pray this prayer before we discuss this any further.
0: I love that idea. And it goes so well with the next one that when we disagree, we need to pause, but we also need to pause before we jump into a hard conversation in the first place. So that is our next one because there's a lot of tough stuff that comes into their lives in these years that are going to need to be talked about. And so we'd like to offer this prayer for before those hard conversations. Father, help me to correct with gentleness, avoid quarreling, be gentle, and show courtesy as we have this hard conversation. Give me wisdom from you that is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits impartial, and sincere. And the reference here is 2 Timothy 2.25, Titus 3.2, and James 3.17. And can we encourage you? These prayers that we just shared here can be prayed with your child. Yes. This does not have to be something that you do silently or off by yourself. It is good for them to hear you praying these things in the middle of tension and hard stuff.
1: Yes. And speaking of hard stuff. The next one that we want to share is a prayer for before doing your homework. Now, Mm. I don't really know a kid that enjoys doing homework. I don't know that I've ever met someone. Oh, you have. I'm
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) I have kids that like homework. My second grader went to his teacher at the beginning of this school year. And it may be the influence that his brothers have homework. Mm -hmm. And he feels a little left out. But he likes a challenge. And he went to his teacher before the school year started and said, can you make sure I have homework and a lot of it and make it hard? (laughs) Oh my goodness. And she was like, what? <laughs> um.
1: Okay. Sure. Yes, I can do that. And she's like, I don't think I've ever had that happen yes. before. Okay, I can understand that in terms of wanting to be like your older brothers. Yeah, I would be he, curious to see if that lasts.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I do. I do think once it gets a little nice out, he may be like, "What was I asking?" For? Yes. And she has not given him a lot of homework. He's in second grade, but he does like it when he has that. But He doesn't feel that way every day. And no kid loves homework every single day.
1: No, they sure don't. So this is our prayer for before doing homework. Father, give my child the ability to work hard from the heart as if the work is done just for you. May he be skilled in his work and find favor in your sight. Help him to learn the value of hard work now so that when he's ready, he'll know how to work hard for your kingdom. Lord, you who began a good work in him, carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And the references there are Colossians three twenty three, Proverbs twenty two twenty nine, and Philippians 1, verse 6. So we used to
0: homeschool, both Brooke and I, Brooke is half homeschooling, right? <laughs> half, half school. And um, I used to homeschool. And we had a, a Bible verse in our homeschool nook that was about this very thing that was whatever you're doing, including work (laughs) Mm -hmm. for school, do it for the Lord and not just because mom says so (laughs) basically, (laughs) or just because your teacher says so. And that's always a good thing to refer back to whether it's homework or chores or whatever they're doing, because they tend to uh, want to play a lot at Mm -hmm. this time and not do the work. So, all right. So our last one is before a sleepover, and I do have to be honest that we do not do sleepovers with our family, and that's just a personal choice, and it's completely up to every family. We just decided it wasn't our thing, um, and but I think this prayer is also really good for any time a kid is going over to someone's house else's house to play because they are making choices for themselves that are not completely supervised by you anymore, mm-hmm. um, and it includes. You know, we've started hosting um, co-ed hangout nights at our house for our middle schooler. And so this is the kind of prayer that I'd be holding on to for those moments as well. So whether it's a sleepover, a a grade school play date, a middle school hangout, any of those things, this prayer is awesome for those times when they are in charge of and responsible for themselves in a moment and we want to cover them in prayer. Father, help my child present his body to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. May he not be conformed to the patterns of this world, disciplining his body to keep it under control. May he be wise, do right, and stay innocent from any wrong. Whatever he does, may it, he do it all to your glory. And the references there are Romans twelve one and 2, 1 Corinthians nine twenty seven. Romans 16, 19, and 1 Corinthians
1: 10, 31. I love these so much. There's so many different applications for these prayers. Even if you glance at this list and you think, oh, I don't need those, I would just encourage you to look a little bit more closely because Mm -hmm. even as Aaron just said, one of them that we have thought would be good for one scenario, you might find good for something completely different or maybe in the same vein but slightly different. So, it has just been a wonderful thing to um, bring something so holy as to invite God into the moments of our days. So we've been very excited to be able to provide you with these prayers that you can have printed out and hang them up in your kids' rooms, above their beds, um, you know, in the common areas. Maybe you have a game room and you want to, you want to hang up one there Um, anywhere that you want to place them to help you remember to make everyday mundane things a little bit more holy by bringing God into them.
0: We are so excited to get these prayers in your hands. We've broken down the ages and stages of a child's life from infancy to adulthood and created a resource you can use throughout the moments of your day to help you make prayer your first and best response to motherhood. Everyday Prayers
1: for All Ages and Stages takes the four prayers we shared with you today and combines them with six more, plus 50 more prayers that span the life of your child all the way through to adulthood. It's a comprehensive library of prayers for the everyday moments of your life as a mom. With scripture-inspired prayers for purity, bath time, cleaning up,
0: morning snuggles, administering discipline when you disagree, school, managing your schedules, making wise choices, wisdom, service to the Lord, godly direction, specific times of the day, and so many more. We know Everyday Prayers for all ages and stages is going to be a resource you keep around for years to come. You can grab it now on Amazon or by following the link in our show notes.